Yo, yo, yo. What's going on inside the lunch table? Back on Wednesday, currently 126 on a Wednesday. Calvin, it is 15 degrees out in Lubbock. Uh, when I walked outside with the wind chill, it was negative one. Felt Jeez. like negative one. And it felt like all of negative one, which, by the way, TTU parking, if you're hearing this, can you please <laughs> let us park wherever we want to park on cold days like this? It's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great, big man. I'm watching United play in about 30 minutes. I am absolutely excited for some Champions League football on a Wednesday, and I'm really excited to do this episode, big bro. Absolutely. So what we have on the agenda today, since it kind of is a little mm, – not a ton of sports are going on right now. Obviously, NBA All-Star break this last weekend. They're ramping back up. Um, NFL is done. Uh, so there's really just that. Uh, college basketball is ramping up for sure. So we'll touch on that maybe a little bit towards the end. But I want to play a hypothetical day uh, today. And I really like doing these because I really like debates that uh, especially talk about all-time greats uh, and, and, and stuff that's around that. So the first thing that I want to open this up with, and I think that we're going to talk about this again because I really want to. And we just saw them over the all-star break, the, the NBA's all-time 75 list. Uh, they're, they're NBA 75 team. And there's a couple of guys on this list that I don't like on it. And there's a couple of guys, handful of guys that should absolutely be on it. So the first and four, first before I let Calvin speak, I think the three biggest guys that are not on this list are Dwight Howard, Tony Parker, and uh, Paul Gasol. Um, and then I think the people that should not be on the list, hands down, for sure, Damian Lillard, uh, for sure. I don't think Damian Lillard should be on there. Uh, Anthony Davis. Um, who, <laughs> so anyway, so I, I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, Calvin. Who, who, is, who got snubbed and who shouldn't absolutely not be on the list? Um, so you hit my one and two snubs. My first stub is going to be Tony Parker. Um, Tony Parker, one of the greatest point guards of the 2010s or 00 decade, um, what he did with the Spurs, uh, they were an absolute dynasty. Um, there are a lot of people that uh, were held away from success because of the success of Tony Parker and Tim Dunker and Manu Ginobili. And I know Ginobili's not on this list either. Uh, I, I can live with Ginobili not being on the list. Um, so I, I could live with him being on it as well, but him not being on it, I can understand because he did he did face to the bench a little bit earlier in his career than a lot of the other guys on this list. And he was Tony. Three. I will yeah, say that. he was that's, the number three. That's another good point, too. Sidekick I can live with, third wheel, ah, maybe not so much. Um, Chris Bosch, that's another reason why you're not on this list. Um, Tony Parker, though, oh, man, this one is tough for me. Um, he, I, I get in the, la in the last championship in the Heat series, he wasn't phenomenal. But, but outside of that one, he was pretty damn good in a lot of playoff series. And I just... Tim Duncan's success, I guess the shadow is too large when it comes to the 75 list. I guess yeah, he but overshadows, see, but I just I, – That's I, what I don't understand with that um, is, it, it, at least in my mind, I, and I watch Spurs basketball. Let's not – like Yeah, right. I watch Spurs basketball more than anybody um, – more than a vast majority of people that cover the NBA. Uh, they Maybe not Skip Bayless because he likes the Spurs, but um, – <laughs> We wouldn't have gone as far as what we did, and we wouldn't have won as we wouldn't have won the four championships with that group if Tony Parker wasn't on that team. Yes, sir. And that's that's the thing that really how can you tell the story of the NBA without having Tony Parker in there? Like I if I if you I agreed with you, I understand why Manu's not on the list. Mm -hmm. I would also understand if Manu was on the list. 
I would understand all three of the guys if they were on the list, and then I would get it if Manu wasn't. Obviously, Pop is one of the greatest of all time as well. I just don't know how you have this list, the 75 list, and you have Damian Lillard, who, what has he done? No titles, no titles. He has done no literally titles. nothing. Don't get me no wrong, titles. great playoff buzzer beaters. He's got some moments, but there's no MVPs. moments. He has moments. Bro, fam, not even remotely close to an MVP. Um, right. I, 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 I'll get to Dame in a second. Um, with the the Tony Parker and um, Pau Gasol is another one that I have literally no problem with. Uh, sidekick Sakobi for two great titles um, was incredibly valuable, both ends of the court. He would definitely be my number two. Um, my third on the list is not Dwight Howard. I am not as high on Dwight Howard as you are. My third is actually Dikembe Matumbo, um, yeah, one of the greatest true. defensive players of all time. Um, yeah. What he did on the defensive end was absolutely undeniable. I know the offense wasn't there, and that's why he's not on this list, but he could still wham on anybody. I mean, he gave you the normal big man behavior for the 90s. He was a defensive Defensive, absolute anchor, man. Multiple time DPOI really defined what, like when when you wanted a shot blocking big, it was Dakimbe Mutombo. He was the poster boy of that position, um, and the offense kept him off this list. Uh, what Dakimbe did, uh, granted, um, Dakimbe doesn't have uh, individual success outside of, I guess, your DPOI, your NBA teams, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, with with AI in the title, uh, he was too old. Um, if if Matumbo, if Prime Matumbo was on those Sixers, that that series goes incredibly different. But unfortunately, Matumbo was just too old. And um, I think that's why people will give Dwight Howard the nod is because Dwight Howard, for what it's worth, as much as it pains me to say he did go to a, t a NBA finals on a team that he was the male alpha of. But um, those are my three big ones. Everybody else for me are very coin flip-esque. I do not have a problem with Vince Carter not being on this list. I do not have a problem with Tracy McGrady not being on this list. See, um, that's Penny Hardaway, I don't have a problem with. Yao Ming, I don't have a hard a problem with. Uh, I can't think of any more. I have, a, I have a hard I time. I have a hard time. I understand Vince, the, the Vince argument of, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just, mean, he was a good scorer. Whenever, so whenever you – Whenever you – on this list. Well, I mean, yeah, but whenever you think of of NBA dunks, you think of that man, and that's just to me that's part of the game. And maybe that's just me being a fan. No, but. I'll give you that. What he did, no, and that's Vince Carter's issue, and that's why I don't have the love for Vince Carter. My memorable moments of Vince Carter are at All Star All Star Weekend. They're not in the playoffs. Uh, now, granted, right. he was on my Mavericks for the time of what three seasons, I think what it was. But at the end of the day, I still don't see Vince Carter in the playoffs. I see him. As like you said, the dunker, the the All Star Weekend guy, and that's why he wasn't ready for my list. This I think this list is more talking about the the history of the NBA as it pertains to on the court more than, and I think Vince Carter is more of like the Showtime era of the NBA, the the glitz and the glamour that comes with the NBA titles and the playoffs and all that stuff. And that's why I just I, I get the point because the dunks are a really good point. I mean, like we talked about the dunk contest last episode, but I think that's what it is—a contest and not the actual like NBA. Well, this is a genuine question here, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to uh, – definitely not trying to, to start and ruffle any feathers here. But you could make the – could you not make the case that Allen Iverson shouldn't be on the list? He didn't win anything either. Now, that is fair. Um, AI is – you could definitely label as a serial loser and a serially bad teammate. Um, yeah, a, right? AI – AI got blessed that AI was inducted into what we call NBA royalty. And um, once you are inducted to NBA royalty, you do not when leave you NBA it. It lasts yeah. for your entire lifetime. Um, it doesn't matter the mistakes you made. Uh, Carl Malone got a 13 year old pregnant and he's still NBA royalty. Uh, it's once you hit that list, you don't come off. And that's AI's biggest, like 
trademark is if you take AI off this list, it's whoa, 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 whoa. This is this is an all-time great we're talking about. This is this is Allen Iverson. I think that's the biggest AI argument because I, mean, I agree with you, man. Yeah, the finals run was absolutely uh, phenomenal in 01, but that was it. That was it. The career was over. Get it? He's that. in the Hall of Fame, so you kind of have to put him in there. Yeah, and he was great. Don't get me wrong. Phenomenal score, One, 30 points a game. Uh, what he did in 01 yeah, is absolutely incredible, yeah. but that is all he did. That 27, is. 27 points a game and six assists and 42% shooting and, and 31% mm-hmm. from the three. Like These numbers don't just scream great. And, I, again, not taking anything away from him, but I, I just – again, I have a really hard time uh, – Let's compare him to Tony Parker here. I have a really hard time putting people ahead of Tony Parker when the guy won four NBA championships. And you could say whatever you want to say um, about Tony Parker and, and how he wasn't the guy, but he was still – that team does not go as far as it does without Tony Parker. Um, I agree. I mean, I get it, Tony Parker. As great as aver- Tim averaged, was. He averaged 15, 15 points a game, I you know. Oh, I, I get that stat-wise. Um, Allen Iverson beats him in almost everything. Mm. Uh, but, again, I just – I really now, have a hard this time is where, not looking this at is this where list. values come into. Uh, what do you value more? Do you value individual stats or do you value success? And, I mean, and me, yeah, you, know, it, you know where I'm a lean. I'm, I'm a ring guy. I mean, if you don't win titles, you're not for cow. And, um, unfortunately, right. AI, when, we talk, when we talk greatest point guard of all time, if you bring AI up into the conversation – I, I will scream at you because that is blasphemy. And it's not a disrespect to AI. It's not who he was. He's not a winner. And AI proved that multiple times. He went to Denver. And in Denver, I kid you not, and I want a lot of y'all to go back and look at who was on that Denver Nuggets team, 0809. Um, the fact that that team wasn't able to accomplish a damn thing because they weren't, they accomplished absolutely nothing when they put together a prime Carmelo, Chauncey Billups, and AI, and more pieces. There are plenty more pieces on that team. Um, the fact that AI couldn't get along at the end of his career with Carmelo, and it wasn't the fact they couldn't get along. It was the fact that they couldn't, they didn't want to play defense. That's what it yeah. was. They yes. flat out did not want to play defense, and that's why Melo's not on my list because that's Melo's career. Um, Melo is a uh, for my young kids tune out. Melo's a dick. Um, so is AI. Both of them. There's no way around that, and that's the biggest snub for these guys for me. Is Tony Parker is an A plus teammate. There is no doubt about that. When when Pop benched Parker in the in the finals, he sat on that bench and he shut his mouth. Not a word came out in the post conference. Even Tony defended the coaching. He said, "Listen, we went in a different direction, and it wasn't my call." And that's what it was. They need they wanted well, Patty to touch the I'm, floor, and that's yeah, what they did. If that was that's Alan what I'm Iverson, saying. Allen Iverson would have screamed and complained at the top of his lungs. He would have asked for a trade during the finals. Hell, I mean, right. like well, that's, that's that's my point about this. Tony Parker thing is that again I just don't know how you tell the story of the NBA without having Tony Parker in it at all whatsoever I again I I I get Manu Ginobili not being on there but you're putting a serial loser in Carmelo Anthony on that list like Carmelo Anthony's greatest there is no argument on a point guard roster that Damian Lillard deserved to be on this team over Tony Parker there is literally none nothing literally none and And this is literally position to position you literally are just taking one guy out and putting the right guy in that was the only thing that would require here's my thing about this though is is people are saying the reason why he's not is because he uh Tony Parker lived in in Tim Duncan shadows except correct me if I'm wrong here but I'm I'm pretty sure Tony Parker much of a shadow Tony Parker won two finals MVPs 
Yeah, right. And the thing, so and now this is this is an argument that's being used just for now that this list is out because Tim, Tim Duncan does not cast that large of a shadow. If anything, I'd put Tim Duncan closer to my underrated list than my overrated list because the way Tim Duncan is talked about is not like the the coming of Christ that he was for that franchise. That I get he it. was the Admiral, exactly. The Admiral was there and all that, but the Admiral did not accomplish what what Tim Duncan did. Tim Duncan was perennial multiple generation to two decades that's who timmy d was and that shadow is casted at a smaller angle than it even should be so if we're going to say it overshadows tony parker then we have a bigger issue there because there's no way you can say that tim duncan is valued to the level that he is because he's not he's he's underrated there's no way around that and now you're going to say arguably arguably one of the biggest one of the best big men of all time yeah definitely without a doubt and um there are people who with my all-time my all-time starting five has to go with two centers to keep Tim Duncan off the list. And that's not because that's any knock to Tim Duncan. It's just that's how deep the center position is. He is without a right. doubt. And this is what pains me to say because I love the Dirk Nowinski argument more than anybody else. Sorry, that's my alarm to wake up at 1.39 in the afternoon. I cannot put Dirk Nowinski as a better power forward than Tim Duncan. He's the greatest all-time. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. When the power forward position is defined, it's defined as Tim Duncan. And that is... That is something that's some because so many, so many all time you're starting five, you just cast over the power forward position. And granted, I do the same thing, no knock on you if you do that. But Tim Duncan is the greatest at that position, and it is not an argument. Carmelo has no titles. Um, Kevin Garnett was a serial loser before he became a sidekick. Um, Dirk, I love you to pieces. He's got the greatest title that's ever been handed out, but unfortunately, it's not enough to overshadow what Timmy D's resume was because it five championships, man. Five. And he is, uh, he is a Bosch back out to Allen. His three pointer, good bang away from, from being six. a seven, yeah, from a six time championship. So it is, uh, and that is. I don't think people understand. Like we were no, the man. Golden you State Warriors no. before the Golden State Warriors. Oh hell no! You were better than the Golden State Warriors. And see, that's what people don't understand about Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan just didn't do it like MJ. Tim Duncan is a Bosch back to Allen. His three pointer, good from being six and zero in the NBA Finals. Like that is when I when when I argue goat with people, it's not a conversation to me because Michael Jordan is undefeated at the biggest stage in multiple occasions. When you are when you if you go to the final six times as the best player on your team, because that's what he was. He was the best player on his team, which he went to six and he won. Yeah, except though, except, except, except. I understand that argument, but he only went six times, and we've got somebody that's gone eleven. Well, and now I, I can live with the – if you go, because we can say – if we're going to start talking, and this is what I hate back about the bond argument. Back to bat, like just comp, is, com, just in a row? Is what, what Braun did is incredibly impressive. There's no doubt about it. Fan Bill Russell already did it. We act like it's the first time someone's ever done this longevity run. No, it's not. No, Bill Russell not, did it, and Bill Russell not, was more successful than Braun. It, Except the NBA was not what the NBA is And I'll is give you now. that. Bill Russell played with nine Hall of Famers. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. But the long it's been there. We've seen it before. And like, I, and and we want to say the longevity. Calvin, the career there were, there is were crazy. Like, the there were twelve NBA the career teams, we've bro. seen too. He's and now granted, he's doing the longevity at a bigger stage than what Kareem did it. But at and the at end a of the day, level. Kareem lasted at the same amount of time. This is not what he's doing. It's breathtaking. It's generation going to be the greatest score. He's going to have the most points, the most, all of that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not, he's not blazing a new path. He's just walking a path at a better efficiency than someone before him. What MJ did. I don't, what M- I don't know. What I don't MJ know. did. He won six 
you know, now granted, he took a break. He took a break. That's fair. And he did, he did lose to Shaq in between. That's not doubtable. And that's fair. But at the end of the day, he has two, two, three beats. And the thing that know, people don't, do people, and the thing. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do people not understand that he got bounced in the first round more than once? That's fine. That's fine. But, but now the argument comes back into competition though, because, and, and granted he lost in the first round while putting up 61 against the Celtics. I mean, you're going to say he didn't do his part. Now, granted, I'm not going to take away that he lost the series. And the same thing goes for Detroit. He lost every single one of those series, but he did go for all I'm, six a game. All I'm, I mean, saying, all, all I'm saying is, is if we're going to hold, if we're going to hold LeBron and MJ in the same conversation, then let's judge them on the same things, right? Because people hold LeBron to, well, he's lost, what, six finals or whatever? Arguably yeah. one of the, arguably an awful team around him. Fine. Yeah, there's a couple of them Wait, that are undoubtable. Exactly. But – Jordan gets a pass for ha- having a quote-unquote bad team around him whenever he was dropping 61, and he loses. Jordan gets a pass for that, getting bounced in the first round, but LeBron goes to the final with a bad team, and then they lose to arguably one of the best teams that we've seen in the last 30 years in the Golden State Warriors, and we hold LeBron to that? Well, but let's pause back now because we're going to take what people are going to argue about on when this side is Jordan played the Warriors in the first round, MJ or Braun played him in the finals. Because what who MJ lost to in 85-86 is what I think is the most underrated basketball team of all time and the Bill Walton Celtics, because this is when the Celtics added another dimension. He And now, granted, you can say that the Celtics were at their best in 83, 82, 81, whatever argument. You're lying to yourself. 85-86 was where they were the best. And that is, if, if you want to say who MJ lost to was equal to who Braun lost to. I think that's the argument you make because yeah, Braun lost to the best team in the league that season, but so did MJ. And I think, and you can't blame MJ for being in that spot because he broke his foot. And now granted the next season when they lose, that's fine. That's MJ. That that's, that's good with me because he came back and he played. That's fine. That's on MJ. But, and I think what's a better one for Braun is 06, 07. Because what Braun did in 06, 07, now that is something that MJ cannot compare to. The 48 and out LeBron era before like he yeah. left Cleveland, that is something that MJ cannot compare to because that is when LeBron denied the fact that you need two to win. Because NBA formula yeah. had always been you need two to win. And he proved to you that well, that was not the case. He took a banged up guy of a lot of garbage. I hate to say it. A whole it, bunch um, of nobodies, by the some way. Some of y'all like those Cavs guys on that team, but a whole lot of nothing. And when what he did going 48 and out on the Pistons, and that's double OT game six, I highly encourage you to go watch that game if you've never seen it. That is something that MJ cannot can MJ never did it. MJ has plenty of iconic moments. Braun scored the last 23 straight points to force two yeah. overtimes and win the series. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. During the process, he missed two shots. I mean, that was... That was the epitome of individual basketball. There was nothing on his team. No, he had no intention of passing the ball. And Braun went for 23 straight points. He went 40. I wouldn't pass the ball either. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is something that MJ, and that's the, that's the part of Braun's legacy that is most impressive to me. And that's the part that I try to highlight the most was what he did in Cleveland is, is, is wiped away because he never won the title. But during those years, the one he – I mean, the battle he had with Gilbert said, Arenas, he sent Gilbert Arenas straight out of the playoffs. Then he went to the next round and sent the Pistons straight out of the playoffs. I mean, this guy answered the call I think people, nobody, man. With, yeah, I think people – I think people – the fact that he got swept in the finals by the Spurs is why people – Yeah, and now – and 
I mean, he was out of gas. But, yeah, I don't blame but him. He had just, I don't like I just said, he had just gone 48 and out to beat the Pistons, man. He was gas. You want, just yeah. Gas. You want to talk, I, I, that, that was the Spurs' best year that we've ever had. Uh, that was, exactly. I, I would argue that. Exactly. I would argue that's the, that's uh, the best Bobby, team that we've uh, ever no, had. No doubt about that. And, and I think, but when, and I got to put it in retrospect because I got to be fair to both. And what people don't realize about MJ is the, the nobody ate on MJ argument is not true. People ate when MJ was in the league, but the career oh, yeah. that MJ redefined is undeniable because at the end of the day, bronze had four titles and bronze redefined guys like DeMar DeRozan and stuff like that. MJ redefined some of the greatest guys in basketball. Clyde Drexel is a absolute Clyde. The Clyde was a baller man, all the way back to the high coops in Houston with Hakeem. Clyde, he's a nobody. I mean, he has aged terribly because of what michael did oh my god what 1993 i highly encourage you to go check out what charles barkley does in the nba finals charles barkley is an mj away from one of the greatest runs doing what lebron almost did as well because charles barkley had nobody on his team his next best player was probably jeff hornacek i mean it well charles barkley's a serial loser though and that's what I'm saying. And that we know Charles Barkley is a serial loser because MJ Gate, when, when Charles Barkley had 51, MJ had 56. And I mean, that is that that is the level of legacy that MJ leaves with me is the fact that anytime on the biggest stage, when someone brought their best, because at a lot of the times people say MJ had no competition. That is not true. Um, Clyde the Glide was the a lot of people in 91 were trying to make Clyde the Glide as the best player in basketball. And that really rubbed Michael the wrong way. A lot of people believed that Clyde Drexel was getting ready to take over the 90s. MJ had missed his window because he spent all that time fighting with the Pistons. And that wasn't the case. Uh, MJ let everybody know that uh, this guy is not my equal. And that was the shoulder shrug on the sideline. And then it was Charles Barkley in the finals when Charles Barkley was absolutely insane. He went crazy in that finals, man. Just I think he averaged like 36 and he lost and he lost. And, it was and then left. And, and then, then left. left. Yeah, right. And then destroyed his career. That's neither here nor there. But it, that, that absolutely was that, destroyed his that was Carl Malone. I mean, Carl Malone was incredibly good and he was one of the greatest scorers of all time. Him and John Stockton probably should be the greatest pairing we had seen. They should be in the the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar match, and they're not. They're not. They're not even yeah. close to that conversation. I mean, John Stockton is, without a doubt, the greatest passer basketball has ever seen. And oh, now a lot down. of people will argue with that with you because they'll be like, what, Braun, what, Chris Paul? No, it's not close. Um, John Stockton is the greatest passer, and he has nothing, nothing to show for it. John Stockton's got one of the greatest shots in NBA history to win a conference finals to go to a title game. And nobody knows about it because of what happened in the NBA finals. And I think that's, that is what defines MJ as the goat for me is just the fact that when the pressure was the highest, he always answered the call, man, every single time. It's funny. We got we, mad sidetracked from your 75. That's what, I, that's what I was about to say. It's, it's funny. Cause I'm pretty sure LeBron and, and MJ are not in question. Yeah. Let's just say they're, they're not on our stuff. They are <laughs> st- well stamped one and two on this list. If it's safe to say. Definitely, definitely one, two. And I, I think that now, if you don't have Kobe at your, or I mean, Kobe, if you don't have LeBron at your two and you've got people like Kobe or Kareem, nah, or, bro, you're or an magic, you're an idiot. It's not a conversation, man. One and two are in a sphere of their own. Um, well, I think, I think through three through 10, um, you can be an idiot and debate those. Some of those positions are less debatable, but one and two are not debatable. It, those guys are up there by themselves. Well, I, so I have a question. So I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday, uh, out here and, and he said that Kobe is three. Mm. Now he's a big Kobe fan. That's fair. 
And I think a lot of people would have Kobe at three. It's and I think a, a lot of people would have Kobe at three. And I've seen some people on Twitter that say, you know, here and there, they'll say, well, why is Kobe never in the GOAT conversation? And yet, why is it just LeBron? And I think <laughs> what separates LeBron from Kobe is the fact that Kobe always had somebody. Pau Gasol at the time, now he may have been a little past his prime, but let's not forget that Powell wouldn't go out there and drop Usually. 20 at night. Usually. Right. I think and, this and, and, I think this debate is really one question, man. I want to ask you, and this is serious. How many teams has LeBron James played on where he was not the best player? Never. He's never, never been on and that and never. and that was that was what my follow-up was going to be. Never. And, and it's I, I think that maybe you could debate um certain certain uh stars in the game and you could say, well, there this person over here is but like with Kobe and Shaq, it wasn't even a conversation. And no, it wasn't. That, and people don't and, know that either. And the fact that it was a, in my mind, the fact that that's a conversation, lets me know that you're not the best player on the team. Um, I think, uh, and so I think, I, and I think that I think you're right. I think that's what holds people back with Kobe, and I, I five championships. I get that, man. I I, I get mm-hmm. that. Three in a but, row, too. I mean, sheesh, that's and, impressive. And, and I, I and I get that too. But you, but... Had, he, he had he had arguably the the most dominant, not arguably. Shaq is the most dominant not a question. basketball player of all time. It's not a question. It's not even debatable. Time. If somebody tells you otherwise, they're stupid. Of all time. Um, when, when Shaq was at his best, um, all five guys on the court could guard Shaq and you were not going to stop him. Um, during No. From the years 1997 to the years 2004, and this is going to be incredibly painful for a lot of you liars out there to hear, Kobe Bryant was nowhere even remotely close to as valuable to that team as Shaquille O'Neal. If Shaq is not on that team, they don't even win one title. They don't even make an appearance in that in those games. Kobe Bryant was A, not only he was unprepared for the moment, which is fine. He was young. I mean, I get that. I hold that. Uh, no knocks against him. If you're, you can't be 18 and go win NBA titles, that's too much to ask for. He was a, he was too young. He needed unless guidance. That's who, what, yeah, granted, unless you're a little bit of an exception, he needed the guidance that Shaq offered and he needed the points that Shaq offered. Kobe was not out there getting you 40 a game in the playoffs between 98 and 2004. That was Shaq. When, when push came right. to shove in the playoffs and people really like, really like throwing hack a Shaq in Shaq's face. If you hack a Shaq Shaq and he scores 48 points, you were not successful. If you keep Shaq off the court for five minutes of the game and Shaq scores 40 points, you were not successful. And people really want to define Shaq as Hack-A-Shaq. That is not who Shaq was. Hack-A-Shaq was not successful until the end of his career. Now, granted, at the end of his career, it was more than because he got fat and old and the knees fell apart and all that fun stuff. And Hack-A-Shaq was more than valid. From 2001, you could not touch that man. Yeah. Also, he wasn't. You, you could hack a shack him, but he was at least going to get that bucket if he was. Oh, I was about to say. And if you was hack a shacking him, you was eating the turf too. I mean, you were oh, not absolutely. going down. Like I promise you, absolutely. You see the Jordan highlights against the Pistons. The, the Pistons beat him the hell up, man. There's no argument about that. Nobody, right. and I mean nobody, from uh, the Kimbe Matumbo to David Robin, nobody, nobody bullied Shaq. Nobody. Well, there's a reason. There's and a Hakeem, reason why he's a listen. There's a reason why he's a three-time NBA cha- or NBA Finals MVP. That's I, want to pump the brakes. I lied. I lied. Um, what? Hakeem ha- Hakeem is the exception to that rule. Hakeem bullied Shaq in the in the in the, uh, in the uh, NBA Finals in '95. But outside of that, nobody else. Nobody else. Let's go and look at his 
I his think free it, throw percentage. It was also um, because Shaq was young too. Uh, I want to remind people that that was literally like I think year three Shaq, year two Shaq when he had to play Kareem in the finals. After beating MJ, he was kind of hot. Orlando, in yeah, Orlando by himself. Yeah, well, he had Penny Hardaway, Scott Skiles, some 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 pieces around him. But no, there was definitely Clyde the Glide and Hakeem on the other side. He was undergunned, but and oh, Hakeem was ready. Um, Shaq was Shaq was a young and upcoming. Hakeem, Hakeem was starving. Hakeem was starving for a title. He was desperate. And when he got that first one against Patrick, there was no way you were stopping him from a second one. When he heard Michael wasn't in the league, the only thing he was thinking about was back-to-back, and that was the hunger that Shaq ran into. And I think he learned a lot from Hakeem. I think Hakeem's hunger showed Shaq what it took to win a title. And I think yeah. when Shaq finally got his, he knew he, he knew exactly what he learned. Well, I, I, I yeah, I think that's the thing with me with, uh, with, with Kobe, like you were saying. Uh, no disrespect to him. Obviously, yeah, it's none. No, no, uh, yeah, the, no, 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 one of the, one of the greatest to ever do it. I, I don't think that that's ever a conversation. I just don't know if, again, we go back to the same conversation we say all the time. I can put Kobe at four or five or six, even with him passing away and that still not be disrespectful. If anything, that's a ding, ding, if, ding. If you're in the top five, if you're even in the conversation for top five of all time, the thousands of players that we've seen, and and you're and you're behind guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, and you could you could maybe say, I, I, I yesterday, what's his name? Uh, the buddy that I was talking to, he was like, like he's the greatest Laker of all time. Oh, I mean, what what do we categorize? Is, is, is he the best? Is is he the best? Was he the best ambassador of and and, and staying for twenty something years and and playing? I, I, that I can understand. Best ambassador for the Lakers, but I don't it, see. And that's that's my thing. That that right there is my thing. That Kobe has was never looked at in the NBA as the best player in the NBA. Never, not once. Um, he was never looked at as the greatest in his organization. Now, granted, I get it. The Lakers come from a lot of people, but that's, if we're talking, that's fair. They've got a lot of success. There's no and, doubt about that. I, and I get that. But 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 if you're comparing and if you're trying to put him in your top three, and he's not even the best Laker of all time, in my opinion, Damn, bro, he's not even the top I, three Laker. Bro, I, that's what I was gonna say. I don't even think he's the top not a three. top three. He's you not. See, that, you have, that's you have, not debatable. You have, like, you guess have what? Magic, Kareem, insane. and Shaq. This the. The argument for the Lakers is not debatable. What Kobe Magic, did, yes, Kareem the two and titles. I get, I credit, I credit Kobe with two titles because that's what he got when Shaq was not there. Those other guys have eight. Shaq has all three of his because Shaq gets credit for every single one of those. Because let's remember who was Finals MVP on and then all if you three go, of them. And then if you go back when um, the Lakers were serial losers coming out of the seventies, that's what that franchise was. It was a franchise of. Uh, fake elitist who are serial losers. And that's what Jerry Weston made the organization. Not by his fault. He couldn't find a way to win. And that is what it is. Okay. So Calvin, Magic Calvin, Johnson, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tell him, tell him, go ahead. Tell him why you, you don't put him at top three. Why do you not put Kobe as a top three Laker of all time? Why do you put Magic, uh, Kareem and Shaq ahead of him? Which I'm assuming that's who you're putting ahead. Yeah. Of that, those are my three. And the reason I do that is because what those three did for, so for starters, like I said, the, the Lakers were serial losers when Magic and Kareem got there. And Kareem got there with absolutely nothing for starters. And then the moment, the moment they blessed Kareem with something remotely close to talent, they went, they went on to take over the game of basketball. God, and imagine if he would have stayed longer. Oh my things, God. We magic could, I mean, we, we could be having this conversation of magic being the greatest of all time. And I, I don't really, think that that would ever be, and a, and this, I don't is, think, this is going to make people very uncomfortable. And I say this a lot. And it's one of my favorite things to say, but just because of how uncomfortable it makes people had magic Johnson, not gotten AIDS, 
but him and James Worthy would have gone on to be what we see Michael and MJ as because that's how good him and James Worthy were. And people do not understand that. In the 91 finals, go look at that. Yes, yes, MJ beats Magic. But Magic, he throws some punches back in that finals. It's not like he's yeah. rolling over for grass. I mean, yeah. this team was competent. And the, the scariest thing to me was if you kept Magic around in this organization, they were going to continue to um, load this roster with talent because that's what they did. I mean, every time the Lakers got something close to successful, they turned it into the whole thing. I mean, you can the closest thing you can say to saying the Lakers failed was what that 2010 team. I don't know if they knew Dwight Howard and Steve Nash were going to be that bad. Every time they've got, I mean, Braun, even Braun only got one, but I mean, he still got one. They put it together. I mean, Kobe put it, they Shaq left. They found a way to put it back together. Um, Kareem and Magic left. They brought in Shaq and Kobe. That was who that organization was. And that's what people don't understand about Magic Johnson is now granted. I mean, I didn't tell him, I, I didn't, I didn't tell him to conduct himself in the way he did off the court. And I'm willing to bet you Magic regrets the way he did so. But I'm right. telling you, it is it is a monumental shift in NBA history that just goes unnoticed. It really does. And it because it makes people uncomfortable to talk about. That's well, all it is. Right. Yeah, we we definitely took a, a, a hard right turn there. Um, see, we planned on and, and by the way, behind the scenes a little bit here of the show, we don't write up a script uh, for the show every never. It's every a rule. Week. I forbid it. It is forbidden. And it's and it's not because we don't want to. Uh, and it's not because we don't have the time or we're lazy or whatever. Uh, my favorite thing uh, that, that our show does is we have genuine conversations that you would find in the lunchroom. That's why it's called Inside the Lunch Table. Um, and anyways, I, I walked into this thinking that we were going to talk about the all-time 75 list and talk about Tony Parker a lot longer than what we did. And then we started comparing Jordan hey, The and top Braun 10 and, is always a great conversation, man. You could talk then, about the top 10 endlessly. You could go on forever. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Here's what we're going to do, because we're going to move off of the NBA now. Um, I want to talk about the NFL a tad okay. bit. I know we're in offseason. Um, but our boy Aaron Rodgers Jeez. got back in the news again. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. If you do, then you saw his little farewell thing. Now, he went on the Pat McAfee show his yesterday. Show, no place he'd rather be. His Tuesday God, appearance. I'd kill to be on that show. Yeah, right. Um, so there's a couple of things in the NFL, obviously with with Aaron Rodgers, and then uh, the judge rules Watson can be deposed in nine cases. That's big. Um, that is huge. People do not understand the value of that. So Rodgers explained the the Instagram post, and, and basically on the Pat McAfee show, uh, which by the way, after he posted that stuff, the world kind of went crazy about it because, and I even texted the group chat. I even tasted a group chat. I was like, Aaron Rodgers is retiring. Uh, you post like a farewell thing, and he's a whole bunch of thank yous to De- Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and um, just uh, among those two, among other uh, players. And so, anyways, um, he, he has not made a decision on whether he is going to play in 2022. There's, I, we've said this before. He's got three options. He stays in Green Bay. He uh, leaves Green Bay or he retires. And Grant, obviously, those are your only three options. But I don't know. Staying in Green Bay is probably not top of his list, <laughs> I would imagine. Like At least what it's sounding like from him is that um, if he doesn't get traded or if he doesn't – if he has to play another year in Green Bay, he will retire. That's what I'm kind of getting from him. Uh, so that's that's interesting. And his post – I'm telling you, his post – everybody was talking about it on Twitter. They were like, what the hell is going on uh, is is Rodgers retiring? now?" 
because I brought this up, and again, this is a hypothetical day. Is Aaron Rodgers a first ballot Hall of Famer, Calvin? Um, yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, that's just because of press narrative. His career, the body of work is part of this polluted generation we're in. But I um, think you have to give him the nod just because it's too hard to fight the narrative on this one. I could sit here and explain to you why he's not. But unfortunately, it would just drive some of you guys out there just absolute bonkers. So it's not worth my time. I'm just going to take the safe answer here and go yes. I think yes. And, and people actually disagree with me uh, on that. As they, as they should. I, I have no pushback on that. Uh, but here's my thing, though. 55,000 yards. Uh, I know that the, the stats are 100% there. 104, almost 105 rating. Um, 93 interceptions to – And the worst what is part is, TDs? is that's the part that's going to get him into the Hall of Fame. It's not even the – and I feel like that's the issue with Hall of Fames across the board now is we care about numbers so much, especially in the NFL, because it's my same problem I ran into with Matthew Stafford last week. Yeah. Everyone has good numbers now. Now, not everyone has Aaron Rodgers' numbers. Aaron Rodgers' numbers are just those are some shit. Like you hear those, and it, it it's alarm bell time. That is it, Brett. Especially the touchdown interception. The touchdown interception is enough to patch him into the Hall of Fame, especially in 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 playoff yeah, games too. In, in playoff, what's games? in playoff games? I don't know about it's playoff. Not, it's games. not even it's not even two to one. It's two touchdowns to half an interception. But that's, I got some issue. I, I got some issue with the Aaron Rodgers. This, I, this year kind of was the crowning to- or tooth on my uh, Aaron Rodgers narrative, man. He I'm kinda, can't win. He can't win, bro. And like can't I want to preach, I want to preach Aaron Rodgers as much as anybody because he knifed my Dallas Cowboys on one of the greatest end of the game drives of all time. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's who he beats, man. I mean, like, be some of his playoff runs include. Teams like, not unfortunately, the 2010s decade, my Cowboys, man. And when he's running to good teams, a.k.a. the Seattle Seahawks, he's choked away some impressive leads. Um, right. The 49ers so, choked away some impressive leads, some nice games. Well, yeah. And got outballed by Kaepernick, for God's sake. Going I mean, back to the – even this last year, I mean, they drove down the field in, in two and a half, three minutes, and I thought there was going to be a blowout, and they didn't score the rest of the game. I'm sorry. But going – throwing it over to Stafford because I – uh, I was just curious. And we yesterday, me and my buddies were talking, and I said, um, I asked if if they thought that Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Fame or just a Hall of Famer in general. And they all answered yes because the, he beat the GOAT twice. And I was like, well, what about the 500 record? Well, I got Matthew Stafford's uh, stats pulled up here. You want to know what his – what his? <laughs> I, I want to say for the sake of Matthew Stafford, no, but I really want to hear him. So this is the team – Team's record in games started by Matthew oh, Stafford. Man, this is going to be abysmal. 86, 95, and one. 86 wins, 95 <laughs> losses, and one tie. We're talking about the series. He doesn't even loser. have 100 wins. He doesn't even have 100 wins. Like, that is and we're ta- really And we're talking about this guy spot. getting into the Hall of Fame. Are you one kidding me? Guys, 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 listen, listen, listen. I love titles, man. Nobody loves a title as much as Cal. But, man, I mean, damn, did he play with some ballers. I mean, damn, he played with some ballers. And, like, I don't really want to be that guy. But if you go look at Aaron Rodgers' uh, one title, he played with some ballers. He, he played did. with some ballers. I don't want to be that guy, but the only time Aaron Rodgers had a top-ten defense in his career, he won an NFL championship. 
Well, yeah, you know, not this ballers. last year. Not this, no, not this he last screwed, year. He screwed that record up. Huh? I will like say, that. though, but his coaches were really bad. His head that's coach, fair. obviously, he is a He did play sham. for Mike McCarthy. That is fair. That's a very good argument. I didn't take that into consideration because Matthew Stafford played for Sean McVay, and Sean McVay is by no measures a fraud. He's the real deal. Mike McCarthy's a fraud. That's a very good point, Kath. Now, that was a super team in 10-11, but at the end of the day, they were not the one seed either. No, I want right. to say they were the wild card team too, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say the fifth seed, and they went on to win a title at nine and seven. And so I, that's a good point. Mike McCarthy was on that team. They were nine and seven in the regular season. Maybe not. Well, so do you team. think? Do you think that if Jared Goff was in LA, do you think they win that Super Bowl? I say absolutely yes. not. This year, I yes. can't take Jared Goff to beat Tom Brady, fam. Come on, you know me. I can't do that in a playoff game. I think Matthew Stafford, what he did – now, granted, he did piss away. I think Matthew him. Stafford is better than Jared Goff, but I, I – I just don't know if Jared Goff's able to overcome Tom Brady because at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford, I give Antoine Winfield a lot of credit for winning the game for the Rams. At the end of the day, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford did put their part in getting down the field, and I don't know if Jared Goff was able to do that. Um, he, I don't even know if Jared Goff was able to answer – uh, some of the regular season calls that Matthew well, Stafford had to true. answer because Matthew Stafford had to get into some duels. And now granted he lost a couple of games, the San Francisco game at the end of the regular season, but there were some games where at the Tampa Bay game at the beginning of the season is the one that's hot on my mind. Same thing with the Arizona games where he had to outduel the guy on the other sideline. Are we sure Jared Goff is capable of doing that? I don't oh. know. See, that's my, see, that's the tough thing for me is that I, I don't know if, I don't know. Again, I, I would take, I would take eight, Nine quarterbacks over Matthew Stafford. And I, I think that the I five that people and I, th conversation. I think the five people behind him could win that Super Bowl. Jared Goff is not in that, but I think the five people behind him could win that for sure. Uh, okay. I I think and what what really knocks the Rams, and this is incredibly important for people to remember, A, um, the stars they had around Matthew Stafford. That's why he thinks anybody else, and then B, the scheme that they run. Um, the offense that Sean McVay has is supposed to be uh, as prolific as it comes, they say this is an incredibly complex for offense, anybody. but once you learn it, it is for absolute anybody. And I think that is the biggest thing that people don't understand about the Rams. Matthew Stafford got a lot of systematic assistance in this case. Okay, so when Tom went to the Buccaneers, Tom provided the Buccaneers with a lot of statistical assistance, right? Yeah. When yeah. Matthew Stafford went to the Rams, the Rams provided Matthew Stafford, Stafford with a lot of statistical right. assistance to figure out how right. to win Super Bowls. Because you can say Sean McVay didn't know how to win a Super Bowl, but he had been there. He knew how to get there. He had already figured right. that part out. All he had to figure out was how to get over the top. And he thought Matthew Stafford was that guy. And I guess, right. God bless, man. Atletico Madrid just scored. God bless. This is why we can't do podcasts during United games, man. During I United told him games? before we did this. I told him before we <laughs> he did said, this. He said, I can't watch it during. I can't, man. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Harry Maguire well, can't guard a parked car. Well, listen, we've got like 10 minutes left here. I've got my timer rolling just for you because I knew you'd wanted to get back to that United game. I once again failed to start a timer, man. These two-man boos are really screwing me up. I keep forgetting that. I, I want to throw it. I want to throw it over to the to – the, uh, the, NCAA, men's basketball. Before we get out of here, uh, we are 19 days, I think. 19 days away. Dangerously close. From selection day. Um, so I want to throw it back on Monday. Uh, Monday was an absolute hell of a game between Baylor and Oklahoma State. Um, Calvin, I'm going to send you the shot. There was a shot at the very end of the game, and it didn't count, but it should have counted because it was over. It was behind the backboard, over top, into the bucket. Um, 
and I'll send it to you. It was, it was a great shot. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> the boys had bucket. They went into they went into overtime. Baylor ended up pulling away. Oklahoma State had had more than one opportunity to tie it and take the lead, uh, for sure. You want to go throw it over to throw it over to Tuesday. Uh, we Texas Tech absolutely waxed uh, OU off the court. I, one thing that I want to point out to to uh, college basketball fans is Tech has not lost to the same opponent twice, yet we've swept. Three very good point. Teams. Ah, that's a very good point. Uh, it's hard to beat us twice. It's hard to beat any team twice. Um, but we haven't lost to the same team twice. Uh, Missouri uh, got absolutely waxed off the floor by uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, is one of those teams like in Alabama. Sleeper. Speaking of them, I'm going to say something about them in a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, they're, you definitely don't want to play them your first or second round um, in the defense tournament. defense is mean, man. That defense is mean. And but you never know which team that you're going to get. They could get upset. They could upset somebody. And you never know. that's why I'm not picking them to go anywhere because they play like they are coin flip ask man. Something about the SEC, right? So which by the way, we chanted SEC chance yesterday at the OU game. That was absolutely phenomenal. It's really funny. I think it's really bad when players look at our the girls in our student section and call them ugly, and they get waxed off the floor by 20 points. <laughs> they scored 42 points on the last second three. Uh, they had 39 points in uh, embarrassing. in 39 minutes and 56 seconds of play. Uh, so you want to talk about a no-middle defense. Mark Adams knows a lot about that. He does that well. Florida coming off their win against Auburn. Is it Auburn? Yeah, Auburn. Uh, they, they had a little close one with Arkansas. Arkansas is, is climbing the ranks here really quickly. Proud of them. That makes me happy. Um, seriously. Love for Arkansas, uh, I, question mark? Yeah, I got a little love for Arkansas. Them boys out there can play, and they had they had a, a really rough first start of the half or half uh, half part of the season, the first half of the season. Uh, they're finding together now, and SEC is the second best conference in the league. So I agree. Um, give them a little bit of love there. Iowa uh, waxed Michigan State off the floor. I don't know what the hell is going on with Michigan State. Come out of um, here, bro. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching that crap, man. It's I, this is multiple performances in a row where they have looked absolutely unwatchable, just terrible. Uh, yeah, unwatchable. They they lost a close one to Illinois. Then uh, AP poll bumped them out of the top twenty-five. Uh, lost to Penn State. Uh, oh man, to that one was just embarrassing. Bad one. They beat a bad Indiana. Lost to Wisconsin. Lost to Rutgers. Uh, they've they've won one. In the two, Rutgers game, they got flat two. out just outplayed. They've won two games in February. Uh, yeah, that doesn't. That, that's not a. That's not the good. This is not the time. To go cold res- right yeah. now. Not it's the not the time to go cold. UConn upset that, Villanova. On that one. Uh, Which, once it. again, no, bro, I want to – I need to pause right here because this is just going to validate both of our takes from last episode. We stressed that this was the best win on the Baylor resume, and they just lost again. I don't know what this tells you about the Baylor resume, but it should be all you need to know. All you need to know. Yeah. Well, I was, I was rooting for Oklahoma State on Monday, obviously, because if Baylor lost, and I think that it would have put – but, I, I, again – we're we're getting love from the national media. Texas Tech is. Um, you are. You are. We're getting a ton of love. People are saying that we should absolutely be a two seed, and 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 there are some quote unquote ESPN uh, analysis that are even putting us in their two seed and putting Baylor at a three, and some even have Baylor at a four seed. I've seen that um, as well. Very interesting. I I guess my thing, like, I don't know if I said this last episode, but why are we like when we make these rankings? Why are why do we put teams in certain places? Because of what they could be. I understand that in the first. 
I done. I, I understand that in the first month. Yeah, right. Like, week one, I, you have no choice. Like, okay. Right. But, and week two and week three, I can even understand like week two, week three, especially you're not playing anybody the first month of basketball. I get that. But when you've gone through what we've gone through and you go and, and you go through an entire season, we've only got like three games left. Right. We're, we're, we're still putting Baylor in top in top five conversation because what they could do when they're healthy, they haven't been healthy all year. And, when, and, and, and I don't I, you don't know what they look like when they're healthy. They could be a no, lot better. I they get could it. be a lot I worse. Get it. I get it. The on paper argument is fine, but unfortunately, paper doesn't play basketball games. Right. Individuals play basketball games. And what you look like on paper is not as relevant as what you look on film. One of my favorite sayings is, hey, the box score, the box score will lie, but the film, the film will never lie. It will never lie. And this is this is the argument that comes with Baylor. You're arguing paper over film. That's what it is. And that's just stupid right. to me. Like that's like that is absolutely idiotic. And I don't Correct. understand how you're using hypothetical paper, not even real paper. Yeah, you're just hypothetical paper. Off of what they exactly. could be. What they could be. And for all you know, you're wrong. Your, your guess, for all I know, like I could say, for all I know, Cavs could grow up and be the dictator of Cuba. Who, who, who am I to say that? What, what do I know that you, that Cavs doesn't awesome. know? Like, why, why, what makes me the quality to be, to be the hypothetical cut for what Cavs' future looks like? What makes the committee eligible to be qualified to predict Baylor's future? Well, because. Because they've because they've been in this and yada yada yada, they've done this for a long time. No. Which you know what, I don't, I don't really care what you've done and what your resume looks like. Because at the end of the day, if you're putting a team above somebody that lost to him twice at home and on the road, what you're saying is is that that team will beat the other team on a neutral court. Mm. That's what you're saying. When you had okay, even if you want to say that there were no fans in there for Baylor. Whenever we, whenever we played them and we killed them, that's a neutral court and we still beat them. I still lost. And uh, yeah, it I, does I, I, not I work that way. It absolutely drives me insane. Home field advantage is more than just the fans. Like, I do not know why, like, only like athletes tell people that all of the time and no one wants to like take that in for anything. Like people do not understand travel arrangements. People do not understand the pros of being in your home locker room. Exactly. Like, exactly. like we all saw I, I, yes, the videos exactly. of Steph at the all-star game talking about how weird it was being in the home locker room at Cleveland, even on the road. Yes. That's, it's just funky, man. And yes. people do not understand. There is more than just the fans and it just drives me absolutely bonkers because, and the other thing I hate about the NCAA you picked these COVID rules. No one else selected the COVID terms. You told the universities, this is how we are going to conduct ourselves throughout the season. And now you're going to not well, you know go for your own rules? Like, I just, I do not understand. Well, you know what's really weird? Man. You're go seeing ahead. after the Super Bowl last weekend, uh, or the weekend before that, it was weird because that, uh, that was in L.A., obviously. Um, and then, and then I turn on the game like two days later and see Stanford with no fans in their stadium because of COVID. But Isn't it, but, it crazy? But a hundred thousand fans. Anyways, we don't talk about politics on the show. Um, back to basketball. Uh, Kansas State got blown out by Kansas. Not even just blown out. I mean, it was bad. They just waxed um, them, man. Just absolutely. Nineteen waxed points, them. but nineteen points was not enough. That Kansas dropped one hundred and two. Kansas, I think, is the fifth best team in the country fourth best team in the country maybe even oh and then another one then another one we had alabama play vanderbilt 
Oh man, they should have lost. Oh man, they should have lost. Should have lost is an understatement. They're fourteen and thirteen. Vanderbilt is uh, <laughs> the worst. What what are they in conference? In their conference, they were so oh, damn six close. And nine. They were so and, damn close. Six and nine in conference, and I, I would argue that they're the worst SEC basketball team uh, no in the S in the SEC. <laughs> and Alabama took them down to the absolute wire. They were trailing thirty-two to thirty-seven at half. Ended up pulling out the win 74 to 72. I By the scrape know, of their teeth, man. By the scrape of their teeth. I just want to know uh, what 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 does the committee see in Alabama that that puts that even has them ranked? I, what what are we looking at here? They uh, lost to Kentucky and they move up. That's impressive. Now that is impressive. I no. get if you stay at where you're at and you lose to a top five team, unless you're Texas, then you could lose to anybody and still stay. But they moved them up. They moved them up after they lost. Now, let's remember, these are the um, asymptomatic idiots we are discussing right here when, when discussing the Baylor Tech argument. I think that's really important to remember. Um, you always want to take the committee in context, and I think the great way to context this committee is Alabama lost a game and moved up. Um, they, they, oh, right. they, they lost a game and moved up. Like, I – Huh? Well, well, what? There's, well, there's that. There's there's that. Obviously, um, and and then I did I share you? Yes, I did. I did. So we, we know we talk about quad went one wins, right? Which, yep. by the way, I, I would like to say oh. this again. I would like to say this again. Uh, that not all quality one wins are, are quality. Quad same? one wins are the same. No because win is te- created equal. Because. A quad one win for Texas Tech was beating West Virginia. But uh, in the same quad one is beating Kansas, Baylor, Tennessee, and Texas. Twice. And and obviously UT is a better basketball program than West Virginia. At least I think so. I don't know. So you Uh, mean to tell me. By the way, I've got that. Duke's win against Gonzaga is equal to your win against West Virginia. That's the quad Correct. system. Like, I want to put Correct. that in perspective for people. That is the quad system. Yes, that is that is what they are saying. What? Huh? Yes. Yes. Huh? And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock your schedule because the tech resume, you can go the same thing. You beat Baylor twice, for God's sake. You won against Kansas. Those wins are the same to West Virginia? Like, that's so literally the same schedule. Quad wins are – one huh? through seventy. It's this top seventy-five teams oh in the God. country. I oh believe is what it is. Listen, um, I don't think there's anyone who loves paperwork more than me, man. Like I love the salary cap so, but this this is this system is stupid. This, this I, system is stupid. Well, yeah, it's dumb because even if you look at quad one wins, Duke has a win over Gonzaga, Kentucky, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and Notre Dame. That's five. But but. They but, have five. They have five total quad one wins. Right. We have but, five. We have five total. Well, no, we have one, two, three, four, five, six quad wins in the first quarter of the quad one, and they only have two. And then we have a seventh one in West Virginia. So I, that's my that's my thing about this is like you look quad, you look at quad one wins. And, and by the way, if you are a Tick fan, Gambling Guachos is a, is is one of the best accounts that you can follow because they broke they broke down all of this. Um, it's a great fan account, but. Uh, it, so they were like, well, what's your thing? So like Baylor, for example, Baylor's has two top 25 wins and that's against Villanova and UT. Uh, Baylor has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quad one wins, but in quad one, 
is TCU, Kansas, Oregon, and West Virginia. And that's on the back so like, half the, of man, the quad. Man, this rubs me. This rubs me the wrong way. It really and, does. And whenever they beat Iowa State, that was a quad one oh, win. But whenever man, we beat Iowa State, it's not a quad one win. Yeah. So and now, and, and now I really have a problem. Now I really have a problem. And, Mich- and Michigan State is a quad one win when they played Michigan State. So, And I said this in, in, in football, too, by the way. Uh, I don't look at when what they were ranked when you beat them. I look at what they were ranked right. after the year. Now, yes, that is the because it may be it may be a top five win today, but it's not going to be a top five win in two weeks. Exactly. And if it is, then congratulations. And that's even better for you. But if you beat a team like, for example, when Gonzaga beat UT at the very beginning of the year and UT was five and Gonzaga was one. I promise you, Gonzaga doesn't look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's a great win. No, you need (laughs) not that great of a win. You got to value your wins and losses. And now this is this is the crucial way to do this. Joe Platt gave this to me a couple of years ago, and I've used it ever since because it is absolutely crucial. Your wins and losses are like dollars. Someday your dollar is worth a whole lot. And then the next day your dollar ain't worth shit. And that's how it right. goes sometimes. That's how <laughs> wins and losses are. Sometimes your win is absolutely impressive, man. Everyone is up and at them at your win. And sometimes your win just ain't shit, man. And that's how some of these wins are because you cannot tell me that Texas tech beating West Virginia is the same as Texas tech beating Kansas. No, that's not, that's not the same. You cannot tell me that Duke beating Gonzaga is the same thing as Duke beating Michigan state. No, it's like that that argument is stupid. Like it is not the same thing. And like I don't want to be that guy because I hate calling people stupid when they're not. Unfortunately, this is flat out stupid. There is no way around this. Um, this is you're 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 trying to make everyone equal. It's like saying all 75 of these teams are equal. And that's not the case. The 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 difference between the top quality one team and the bottom quad one team is miles. Yeah, it's, it's miles. miles. It's and yes, it's it's you shouldn't. I mean, I, I get. I understand what they're doing with like I, one. I understand, the principle I is there, that. but you have but, to shrink the argument. Correct. You cannot you can, just look at all quad. I one hundred and ten percent agree, and that's what I want people like, to understand. The system is not stupid. The way they are using the system is the stupid part. And, the fact that they're and, taking I, that, so many here's the thing, though, and here's what I think is the craziest thing, and this is the same thing in my mind: beating Kansas at home is is a feat. Beating Kansas when on the road in Fog Allen is an even greater feat. And they look at that and they acknowledge that, but they can't look at the quad one wins and look and say, well, they're all the same. Well, they're not the same. Right? Like they're not, they're not the same. So anyway, so that's that's a little bit of that. We're gonna uh, we're uh, we're ramping up here, like I said. Yeah, we are Uh, and this is gonna be a really interesting last two weeks of basketball here. Um, see who can finish the year out strong. Before we get out of here, I have got one because you know every chance that I get, I'm gonna trash on UT. (laughs) And this came across my timeline today. Well, Calvin, you remember on Monday when I said that uh they were missing a big man. Uh, yes, the big, yes. One of, uh, they had a big man that was away He's from the so team. That's why you killed him on the glass. Trey Mitchell is his name. I couldn't think of his name. Trey Mitchell was there. So on uh, February 12th, this was just last week, week and a half ago, uh, Texas lost to Baylor 63-80. to 80. Well, and I didn't even see this. 
Trey Mitchell's dad. Trey Mitchell's dad. Of all things, Trey Mitchell's dad goes on there, goes on Twitter, and said, didn't didn't think about playing through the post after Trey just showed him that he can eat in the paint against any big fan. F out of here. Wait, (laughs) there's more. There's more. You can't expect people who don't know basketball to understand that. They're literally just fans. They don't know the game, so if they don't pay attention to the details, whatever. Well, here's the interesting part. He also says one more thing, too. Uh, never mind. He deleted it. Ooh. Ooh. Snakes Walking back get, those statements. He did tweet again. Snakes get snaked. Remember that. A day after these tweets went, went out. He basically, on this, he basically called Chris Beard a fraud. Um, Which we did on Monday. Oh, oh yeah. Here, Monday, um, here Monday. it is. Here it is. How can players be consistent with an inconsistent coach, though? He doesn't have a solid rotation aside from Carr and Allen. You can't really? get in, into a rhythm if any – if any time someone does something wrong, he's pulling them. At Chris, he added him by the way too. At Chris Beard, UT is not an off is not offensive minded. Their big went down, and he pulled them. Man, I love it. I love it because here's the thing: it's a whole it lot of facts, man. A whole lot of facts confirmed everything that Jalen Tyson said to me at, out there. Whenever I saw this today, it confirmed that there is turmoil and that, that he is losing respect and uh, uh, love in his locker room. And this is part of the reason why they have underachieved throughout the entire year. I'm Don't get me wrong. You, Do man. I think that it's too quick to, to pull the alarm in UT uh, and Beard in his tenure there? Absolutely. Takes more uh, than I, one year. I disagree only for one reason. And I stressed this to you on Monday. The most damaging stories are stories that change your pre-existing narrative. Stories that, that change how we think about you as an individual before you came in. And true. like I stressed on Monday, Chris Beard was a highly respected individual at Texas Tech. All the way across the country, coast to coast. You would have had to work hard to find somebody at the peak of his powers after that national championship who told you they disrespected Chris Beard. Right. Now... Now, after all this lying and this hooting and hollering and this this losing respect in the locker room, I mean, destroying of his roster. There's one thing he destroyed his own roster. I didn't tear this team apart. Hey, Cap, did you tear this team apart? Well, I wish I could have. Right, I wish. I really do. I wish I could have been the guy, but unfortunately, I don't got enough power to do that, man. I'm just sitting behind this mic. He did. Can't be happy with that. You can't. I mean, I'm serious. You cannot be happy if you're a Longhorn fan. You can't be happy. And, and shout out to Trey Mitchell's dad for putting that on blast. And shout out to Trey yeah, Mitchell right? for, t- for taking a step back from the team. And, and shout out to everybody who has been calling this from day one, i.e. Tech fans, that this is who the guy is. And his success in Lubbock, Texas, was centered around Mark Adams. And I think it's very evident and very clear. We have the number nine ranked team in the country. We are underrated. Texas is overrated. And they're still behind us. We swept Texas. We swept Beard. And we have more quad. We have more quad one wins. We have more top sixteen wins. We have more top twenty five wins. We were seventeen and zero at home. Seventeen and zero on this show. Quoted on this show, telling Calf to lower his expectations. I told him this roster was not going to be ready to complete at the highest level. I said it right here on the show, and instead they have what six losses? Yeah, can we talk about though that the fact that that is insane, man. 
Texas Tech is 17-0 at home. And mind you, teams that come in and play us is every Big 12 team. So it's not like we just get a free pass at home. Everybody does. UT came in. Baylor came in. Kansas came in. And guess what? They all left with a fat L. Uh, And we've held, I think it's what, 12 teams that we've played this year to their lowest points in the paint. I want people I mean, to come understand on, that college basketball is no longer team basketball. College basketball is organized around who can go out and recruit. That is that is basketball, man. If, who can put Zion, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish together? That is that is the idea of college basketball. Kath, and this me, doesn't look good to recruit. Many, tell me how many top fifteen picks you have on your Texas Tech roster. Oh, uh, zero. <laughs> Not one. I don't even know if. I, I don't even know if we have a first rounder on our team. I, I, I wanted to say I would, that, but I thought I was reaching. I wanted you to, I would be argue, to say that because you watch it more than I do. I would argue that we we have – I don't even know if we have – I think Bryson Williams is a great talent. Uh, Kevin O'Banner is great, and TJ Shannon is great. But if they're not going in the – they're not going in the first round, and they're definitely not going in in the first pick in the second round. They may be second rounders or third rounders for I agree. sure. But. They're talented individuals, but at the end of the day, these are not – there is no one guy on this roster. Marcus, Marcus Carr is arguably one of the best point guards in, in, in the country right now. Top, <sighs> not arguably. He's a top six, top seven. He's, a, he's an NBA draft. Trey Mitchell is an NBA prospect. They've got guys on this team who are going to be first rounders and second rounders for sure. And, in, and, and somebody – and well, now not Avery But Vincent, you just but. gave me two guards – who are exposed to be incredibly talented, why can they not score off the dribble? That is a coaching problem. If you cannot put high-talent individuals into, especially point guards, man, because I don't want to be the guy who craps on basketball IQ guys, but the pick and roll is one of the easiest things to do in the history of sports. It is. It took me a grand total of 15 seconds to understand the pick and roll. If you cannot find a way to create bucket. Now in the NBA, it's tough, man. The pick and roll does not get you buckets in the final two minutes of playoff games in college, in college, man. If you run a significantly well-oiled pick and roll, you will score 60% of the time. And they can't even do that, man. They can't even do that. And I get, he's not an offensive guy, but at the end of the day, that is basic. Mark Adams. That is Mark Adams. Thank you. And you but score you know, 80 points a game but you, with but no you know, talent. With, oh, man, that, that is criminal right there to Chris Beard, man. But, like, in my in, in my opinion, and granted, this is different, but it's also not incredibly different. Just because you have a defensive-minded head coach in the NFL does not mean that your team is ah, going to score points. Ah, you surround yeah. yourself with – you How surround yourself – Belichick, Ben? I think he's doing all right. Right. You surround yourself with guys who can create offense – Coach wise, and then you and you know what, and you know what, you know what Mark Adams did whenever he hit the transfer portal, and and guys that are now uh, coming to Tech and committed to Tech, you know what he's what he's finding and getting here, he's getting offensive players and he's teaching and he's teaching them defense. It's like coaching done correctly, man, and it's not exactly rocket science. That's the thing, and that's what I hate about the Chris Beard argument because I know you said you wouldn't. It's not lack of talent. It's not lack of talent. Lack of talent. They had they have on paper, arguably, if you take just by, by sheer talent, they have a top five team in the country. Teams ahead of them. That's are the not only reason they were close. ranked in the preseason. The only reason they were ranked in the preseason was because of the talent on paper. And a lot of people thought they were going to be able to go out there and score 90 points with Gonzaga in that first game and run up and down the court. And they got exposed right there. That offense wasn't ready to go. And, and the knock there was it was week one. What's yeah. the excuse Whatever. now? They still can't score off the bounce. 
They still can't score off the bounce. It's week 27, for God's sake. Last thing here, and this is this is uh, we're gonna get out of here. And this goes back to Trey Mitchell leaving and stepping aside and, and this stuff coming out. First off, you better believe that everybody in the basketball community knows each other in high school. And you better believe and, and it's media same thing is for, detrimental. Same, same thing for football, it's same thing for any sport in college athletics. They because they play against them in AAU and tournaments and, and all this kind of stuff, and they know who who the guy is around him. Right. Uh, and, and they're good friends with him. And that's just – you meet up at camps. You do all this kind of stuff. You better believe that there are recruits that have been told by players, current players, by Jalen Tyson, by Trey Mitchell, that they see this stuff. And they see this stuff. And you think – remember back in the uh, back in, in college football whenever those Texas fans were at the Kansas game and they lost and they started to laugh and they put it on Instagram. That didn't go well. Granted, they still got recruits go or whatever. Well. But if you but you better you better believe that a conversation and, and one bad thing from a current player about that organization or about that uh, uh, franchise or co- college, you better believe that that's going to stick with him a little bit. And it's not a good look. And it's not it's one it's one thing for Trey Mitchell to leave the team and transfer. It's another thing for his dad to come out and publicly say he's the issue. Yeah, yeah, I issue. agree. And so, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I think Chris Beard is on it and 10% the issue. Oh, I do. I do too. Again, it's not lack of talent and it's, and you can't just blame it all on, on the schedule um, and, and playing yeah, right. in the Big 12. Right. Uh, and if he thinks it's going to get any easier <laughs> in the SEC. schedule then, is hard. Shut your mouth, bro. Honestly, and I think, but the, the last thing I want to say on this before we get out of here is I just want people to go look at Steve Sharkeesian's first year and compare it to Chris Beard's. Man, they're doing the same damn things. They're doing oh, the same. 100%. It's not the individual. It is the place. I want people to know that. I cannot stress enough. It is not just a Chris Beard problem. This is a cold. Kath has ripped the AD on the show multiple times. This is not just a basketball problem. They have a culture issue. They have a culture yeah, issue. And they've had we a culture both- issue for multiple years, and they do not want to acknowledge it. It's the bro, same we- thing that's at USC. Strength of schedule, Tech is ranked six, and Texas is ranked 14. You will not find, by the way, just if you, if you, if, if you were curious, uh, you will not find in the top 25 Gonzaga. Uh, pretty sure you weren't curious. They're at 28. Um, but I, I don't really care about strength of schedule because there are people behind you, Texas, that are playing better than you. Right. Um, <laughs> there are people ahead of you that are playing better than you. So, I mean – like Tennessee, Villanova, Bama, Michigan, Baylor, Tech, Kentucky, Kansas, Illinois, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan the State. The list goes on. The list goes on. That's list goes on and on. The list goes on. Exactly. Are all playing better than you? Relax a little bit here. So listen, we're we're gonna be back on Friday. There's 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 actually some some fairly decent uh, college basketball games today. Texas is playing TCU. Duke is playing Virginia. Duke should wash them off the floor, but it is in uh, Virginia. So I do think there's not a, a top. There's not two ranked opponents playing today, uh, like each other playing today. Uh, but watch out. Maybe Ole Miss. I know that Auburn is 15 and a half, but watch Ole Miss at least cover that. Um, LSU may come out and shock Kentucky. It's in Kentucky, but they may shock Kentucky. Minnesota may beat Wisconsin. TCU may beat Texas. The list goes on. I think all of them have an opportunity to win this game. And college basketball is crazy, man. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're ranked. You can go in there and beat anybody. Um, we see we see upsets every week, and there's a reason for it. We see upsets every week. 
So listen, we're gonna be back on Friday though, and I'm definitely gonna talk about this. Um, make sure you. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> the fact that you just tried to give Ole Miss fans comfort in covering the 15 and a half point spread made me absolutely die right there. Well, they, I mean, they're not winning. I mean, they may cover. <laughs> he said, hey, listen, y'all ain't winning. You got no choice, but you might lose by less than 15 and a half. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Auburn rests their, their starting five and throws their twos out there. I don't know. Depends. That was the worst condolence speech of all time. He want to make you feel a little bit better. You're going to lose by less than 15 and a half. <laughs> Well, listen, listen, we're going to be back on Friday. Like I said, we're going to be back on Friday. We're going to be doing the same thing. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Follow us on our personal accounts. Reach out to us. Uh, if you did not listen to our last episode, you want to talk about a rant, you want to talk about Nat, uh, just our best no, podcast man, of, uh, of to date. I think it's our best one to date. Go back and listen to that one after you – or no, do it before you – well, I guess you wouldn't know anyways. But do go back and listen to that. Re-listen to it if you want to. I don't care. Let us know how you feel uh, about the stuff. Let us know whenever you want to hear some stuff. Maybe Friday yes, we'll start talking about yes. some – I think Friday we may bust open the uh, soccer conversation, depending on what goes around in the mm. league. We may United have a little special wins, guest. If United loses, we won't talk about it, okay, because I'm going to – Well, cry. we're going to – we're definitely, I definitely may have a little special guest there. One of my roommates, he, he wanted to hop on and talk about soccer. So, uh, like I said, follow us on that stuff. And listen, we will see you back here on Friday, Inside the Lunch Table.